You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I am Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 78 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. And today we're going to talk about what it means to be a writer. And I know that's going to require a bit of elaboration, but uh, we'll get back to that a bit later. Yes, I'm still looking forward to it. And believe it or not, this will impress you. I did research for this one. Did you? I did What's homework. Wrong? I know. Why? <laughs> because I don't want to go outside. No. <laughs> I because I, I wanted I like facts. I love history. I like, you know, things are things tend to repeat themselves and we don't usually appreciate it because we don't realize that, you know, if you don't know your history, you don't realize it's repeating. So I did some digging wow. on this one. I can't wait to share it. You usually just wing these episodes. I know, I keep preparing. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't tell people that. <laughs> oh, it's all right. I don't mind being notorious for you know showing up and doing a presentation with no preparation i just i'm waiting for the day that someone calls me sees me in the audience and calls me up and asks me to do a whole hour on something and i'm like oh geez i should never have said i do this all the time <laughs> I, I actually i would say it depends on if, if it was me it would depend on what they would want me to speak about but i i do think that certain topics i could probably wing oh, an hour um, <laughs> it you, depends yeah. on what it is though <laughs> Jesper, talk about maps. One hour, go. You would be all right. set. <laughs> so. Yeah. But yes, so how are things on your side of the Atlantic this week? No, it's good. It's good. Um, we're trying to get ready for summer vacation, obviously. Ah. So there's a lot of things going. I mean, it's still like more than a month away, but... We're just trying, I'm trying to get everything wrapped up also for our stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's been, well, actually just a few days ago. Well, well, yeah, that's the point of this recording, of course, not <laughs> when this episode releases, because that's the wonders of the, the podcasting time traveling. Uh, <laughs> yes. We always have to be careful with the timing of when we mention things, because uh, we are pre-recording some stuff here. Yes. But at least at the point of recording this, uh, just a few days ago, I sent out an email to our Am Writing Fantasy list, recruiting mm. what we call typo slayers yes. for not one, but three. Yes, you heard that right. Three, three. different nonfiction Woo. books for authors. So isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Oh, come on. You're sending out the emails. I sent you the files to put up the pre-orders today. So uh, I feel like this is really happening. Yes. I'm so excited. It is happening. It is. So there are three of them. So just to mention... There is the first one is plot development and outlining method for fiction and plot development step by step. So that is there is one that is the actual plotting book that mm -hmm. we've talked about so much, and then the other <laughs> step by step one is uh, the associated workbook. Yes, and then we also have a story idea book, a method to develop a book idea. So it's basically like creating a whole premise, which we'll talk about later on in a, in a future episode. Uh, or more or more about in a future episode, I meant to say. But that is three books that we are trying to launch right leading up to summer holidays. So I don't know if we're a bit crazy here, but... Uh... <laughs> well, considering everything we have going on, I know we're crazy, but it feels so good to be getting these things so 
finally after talking about them for so long finally bringing them out so yeah hey. honestly i can't i can't wait to release these uh, yes. so they they are for the listener here they're going to be out on the 3rd of august uh, but you can actually, if I do all my time traveling <laughs> correct here with podcasting, you should be able to pre-order them already now. And we'll place the links in the show notes um, so that you can actually go and pre-order them if you are interested in these books, Excellent. which of course you hope we hope you are. Yes. But other than that, I just also wanted to mention, uh, Autumn, that I finally found the time to go back and listen to episode 75, where oh, you had Kirsten Oliphant on. Yes, that was a great episode. She was wonderful, wonderful guest. I really appreciate her time and her tips on pen names and when you really need to launch a different author platform for what you're writing, writing in multiple genres. Yeah, and I can't believe she, she honestly said that she reads a book a day. She did say that. I, I want to go back. How is I might that have possible? Email going, really? I just really let that sink in. I don't understand. I mean, how long are they? I know she has a lot of kids in the house as well. Yeah, may, I don't know. Uh, maybe they're, I, I don't want to assume that they're kids' books, but she did say, maybe she's saying she, maybe she meant to say she reads a book, she reads every day. Not she, so she makes sure she reads every day, not a whole book. I don't I, know. Okay, but I think she said she read a whole book a day. <laughs> but, yeah. but that's pretty damn amazing. That that's amazing. well done if that's true. Yes. Jesus, maybe she's a very good <laughs> speed reader. That would be amazing if I could read that fast. I would probably read a little bit more because I I task oriented. I get so wrapped up in things that I have a hard time switching to something else. So once I get to a good yeah. book and you're getting into that like that new idea and the, the getting really close to the climax so that's back two thirds basically of the novel that's it I'm hooked that's all I'm doing I'm not making dinner I'm not writing I'm not working on our courses nothing I'm just reading so I'm on a reading diet until we get some of the stuff done <laughs> right yeah I have the opposite problem you know it <laughs> takes me so long to read a book uh, it's like Sometimes I have to remind myself when I go back, what happened last time? <laughs> it's, I'm so bad at it. Uh, usually, you know, I, I read when I go to bed in the evening. And mm -hmm. when I go to bed, I'm so tired. I really don't have the energy to read. So I just fall asleep. I'm really good at falling asleep. You know, I can fall asleep within a minute or so. Oh, yes. So, uh, yeah, I don't get much reading done. Um, I was going to say, with and your then current when I do, task and to-do list with vacation coming up, I I mean, I'm already going to be keeping you up late tonight to record this podcast. So Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, yeah. We can relax when we go on vacation. Though. I hope so. Ah, uh, you better. <laughs> yeah. So you're also keeping busy. How are you? Oh, things on your end, Autumn? Very good. Well, at the time of recording this, things are crazy in the United States. And I, I wish I could time travel to see if things are going to get any better when this is released. So I'm just hoping they do. But it is kind of crazy over here and a little scary at the moment. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to keep my head down and stay busy. But, you know, at least in personal things... I've gotten a little bit of writing done. I've been doing some cover design, which is always fun. I'm getting our formatting books done. So things are progressing very well. My garden is growing. Uh, my husband's oh. been working on a 105-year-old canvas frame cedar canoe. And he just put the canvas and the top coat on it today. And now it gets to cure for four weeks before he can paint it. So it's kind of cool to watch him restore a 105-year-old canoe. It's really something special. 
Why, where did he find that? Um, used. We actually paid a little bit too much for it because we thought it was in better oh, you bought, shape. You bought it. We bought it. We thought it was in better right. shape, and it's become a project that he's enjoying immensely. But it's oh my gosh, <laughs> this is not something you do because you have some. You know, you you're saving and skimping money. It's not a cheap enterprise, but he's doing very well. And he's not usually the woodworker in the family. I am, so I'm very impressed. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Oh, so we have a lot, 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 lots, lots of interesting posts in the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group. It's going crazy over there. It is, which I love. It's been so busy, and I have actually managed to get in a couple times this week, so that's good. But yeah, it's such a vibrant, exciting group. Yeah, I noticed how uh, Chris was very helpful, uh, and he pointed out uh, how uh, publishing to Apple Books uh, no longer requires a Mac. So you just need an iCloud on iTunes Connect account, and then you can publish directly to Apple Books. That's pretty nice. That is pretty cool. That's very, that doesn't surprise me about Apple. I mean, come on, I use a Mac, and I can open any file you send me, but half the files I want to send you, I've got to translate so you can open them on your pc yeah yeah that's a bit annoying (laughs) but uh yeah but chris also mentioned by the way that uh google books appears to be open to anyone is what he said and i've heard this as as well in other places so So i think it's absolutely correct yeah i think so um but of course you and i autumn we got in a long time ago so i'm not sure if it works or not but uh, i guess for those listening who haven't yet published uh, their books on google you can go and check it out now and you should be able to create an account i think and then uh, afterwards you know hit autumn and i up on twitter or leave a comment on this episode and let us know if it works i'm, yeah. I'm really curious yeah definitely. it should work I was, uh, they still have so far to go in the dashboard. So I will warn folks, if you're going over there, it is not the same as Amazon Smashwords or anything else, but it does work and it is nice. Yeah. I went to change the price on a book and you have to go in and go into this file. And it's just like, you can't just see what the price is on the main screen kind of would be useful. But anyway, (laughs) it does work. It's it's not the best. I mean, but. And you have to download a sales report in Excel. You cannot manipulate it on no. the screen and stuff. But it, it's not that bad, but it's just a bit a bit more old-fashioned, yeah. I would say. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, it works. So yeah, let us know if it is working and open to everyone. That's kind of a huge step for Google. And I guess if enough people do it, maybe they'll you know, tweak it a little bit more. So that'd be excellent. I once gave them the um, feedback that they should have bought Pronoun when that when that site closed down so <laughs> i right. wish they had <laughs> yeah i can see yeah but jason also mentioned by the way that he has written forty thousand words in the oh. last 10 days so that's awesome congratulations jason yeah that is fantastic congratulations that's always exciting to see authors writing and doing well Forty thousand some... words in 10 days that's pretty good that's a good milestone that is awesome yeah yeah. So I really like uh, how lively and helpful the Facebook group is. So if you haven't joined it yet and you're listening here, then uh, what are you waiting for? Yeah, come join us. <laughs> Head on I mean... over to the group section of Facebook and simply search for Am Writing Fantasy and you will find us and we will let you in. Yes, and it's fun because it's it's everything from supportive to asking fun questions like Hector had written, you know, what spells would you give your antagonist that um, isn't too overpowered? So it's everything from 
pulling apart tropes to questions to support to celebrating things. So I love it over there. And on to today's topic. So you actually initially came up with this topic, Autumn. So perhaps you can set the scene a bit. What are we talking about here? We're talking <laughs> about that idea that all a real writer, in real in quotation marks, a real writer does is write. And so this kind of comes up from, you know, lots of memes and things online, threads that you'll see where someone goes up to a famous author and says, how much, you know, starry-eyed do you have to imagine this? How much do you time do you spend writing every day to become such an amazing, famous author? And they go, oh, well, I write from nine to noon in the morning, and then from one till 5.30, I'm marketing. And the, you know, the person asking the question goes, oh, oh, you're not a real writer, and walks away. Right. <laughs> so that's yeah. sort of where this comes from. It's this idea that a real writer, a real writer writes, a real writer has a publisher, a real writer is this this certain rigid thing that spends only time writing. It's It's a very, I feel like it's a very outdated way of viewing things, to be honest. But it surprises me because I think, I mean, at least every month I still hear people say that. And I have to admit, I think it used to be like every week that I would hear people say, oh, you know, writing is blah, blah, blah. But there are still people who feel that if you're not writing, you know, if you're not only writing, if you're still marketing, then you're not a real writer. Right, yeah. I mean, uh, of course, there is some personal belief in this. I mean, everybody probably have their own understanding of what it means to be a writer and what does a writer do uh, on during a, well, eight hours of work or whatever <laughs> you want to call it, right? Right. I mean, we probably, everybody probably have their own opinion about that. And that, uh, But yeah, that's what we're going to try to dig a bit deeper in here and try to at least share some of our views and uh, I don't know. Maybe challenge your thinking a bit. I'm not sure. Let's That's see. always yes. I, I definitely I believe me. I think the world needs a lot more time listening to each other instead of making assumptions and talking to dead air. So, I think it's just as done in an idea to challenge, challenge what you think a real writer is, and maybe even if you hate marketing, um, maybe challenge your assumptions that marketing isn't part of writing. So I tried. I like I said, I did some digging in history files to mm-hmm. bring up some ideas for today. Okay. Let's hear it. All right. Well, I wanted to go, as I said, I think history repeats itself a lot. And people don't realize that history repeats itself because we think now is like everything. We've forgotten. Like I was joking yeah. with my husband today. I look back at February when uh, the room I built in my cabin was snow and some debris and i look at it now and it's a room and i'm like really that was only a few months ago so it's so easy to forget but i looked up the history of self-publishing and what do you think is the earliest example of self-publishing um i would say it's well i i would say it's probably i don't i don't know any names of the authors or whatever but i think it would be have to do something to do with um, somebody in way, way old times <laughs> buying a, 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 you know, getting his own book 
printed on a press and paying for it himself. Yes, that would be the definition. I would say that's the definition of self-publishing. And so, yes. So when Johannes Gutenberg invented the the printing press, that was 1440. And so, yeah, some people say that is the history of self-publishing. But honestly, the Chinese were using movable type way before that. So technically, it's older even than that. And, um, I mean, technically, you can go back to when people were writing scrolls. That would be self-publishing. And the earliest evidence of that is 3100 BC. So wow. uh, technically, it depends on how much you want to go into it. So we're not going to do a history lesson. But yeah. So if so, you how did they do Amazon ads in 1300 BC? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't think it was Amazon. Well, it could have been if it was in the Amazon. But <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but be. somebody is uh, sitting in, in the street shop shouting about okay the book is out <laughs> <laughs> yes right i'm done yay read it now hot off the leap yeah. but yeah. <laughs> so what are some there was a time period and it was pretty big so in the 1800s self-publishing was actually very typical and they called it vanity publishing so where do you think yes. vanity why why did they use the term vanity for publishing i th- I, I could be wrong on this but i think that it has to do with it's because the well the author is a bit vain <laughs> you know that they, they want their own works published and no at least the connotation it has today is that self-publishing sometimes is, is called vanity publishing because it's a bit like it's not it's not really good publishing. It's just like somebody wanted to put this in the, out into the world. They probably tried to get a, a, a traditional publishing house to publish it, which they wouldn't because it wasn't good enough. So they went ahead and published it on their own. That's a bit of the, the stigma it has today, at least. Yes. But I don't know if that's where it originated from as well. I need a little chime, a little ding. Yes, gold star for you. That is correct. Yes. It's considered vanity <laughs> publishing because the author was vain and wanted yeah. to be published even though they'd been rejected. But that is a stigma even back then. That isn't necessarily true. Some people, maybe they couldn't get published. But think about women writers. They, were, they couldn't even own property. They couldn't even talk to publishers unless they had a male relative. And this was even in England. Right. So some of them were paying to have books published and using pen names or anonymous was a very famous, basically meant, oh, it's written by a woman. And so there was a lot of authors who were vanity publishing because they had no other means, but their books were good because, come on, you've got to guess at least a couple people who were self-published. Just one. Oh, guess shit. one. Now you put me on the, you put me on the spot. Yeah. Oh, pick an author, any author. Any author. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> Historic. You can't choose a modern one. <laughs> uh, um, Plato. Oh, you know, I didn't go back that far. That's not fair. All right, I but- bet he has self-published something. I bet he did too. I'm sure the Greeks were really into self-publishing and we just don't appreciate it. But some of my favorites, I, I couldn't believe this. John Locke was self-published. Nathaniel Hawthorne, Martin Luther, Marcel Proust. What Derek. are some of the uh, What are some of the works that they have published? Oh, those I see. Oh, I'm not even going to go into them. But how about some really good ones? Walt Whitman, The Leaves of Grass, 
In fact, Walt Whitman is considered the first one who discovered author branding. He sold the leaves of grass based on his uh, rather notorious lifestyle and who he was. So, yeah, Um, I didn't actually realize that he was so scandalous. It was kind of fun to read. (laughs) Very salacious. I now have a new appreciation for the leaves of grass and might have to read it again. But to the paragons that I could not believe were self-published were Emily Dickinson mm-hmm. and Jane right. Austen. Jane right, Austen. Okay. Uh, I mean, she is considered, she is second to Shakespeare in sales and notoriety. And she right. self-published in her lifetime. So that kind of says something about what self-publishing is. So self-publishing has been around a long time. So that's only part of this question, though. The question is, you know, what does it mean to be a writer? So these authors were self-published. What I could not uncover and unbury, unfortunately, is how much time these authors spent you know, shaking the bush and telling people about their works, how they went about selling them. However, Mm. um, Jane Austen, it really was her brother Henry and her sister Cassandra who were shouting out about her work. She was very lucky that way to have very strong family support. And she tried very hard to not let people know. um, First, she tried not to let people know it was written by a woman. And then that kind of leaked out and she just signed her books. They were titled by a lady. But she did get to meet with the Prince Regent, who was a huge fan. So she did do some meetings and things like that. I think later in life, there was a few book signings. But other people, like I mentioned, uh, Walt Whitman, he was he was the brand. He was out all the time selling these books. In fact, he, he basically published The Leaves of Grass in 18 different versions. He just kept adding on wow. and putting stuff together. That was his book. It was only it was his only book, you know, and he just went on selling it, and he sold it based on who he was, and people just wanted it because it was like, oh, you wrote this, oh my goodness, I must read this. <laughs> so I just found it so fascinating to read through some of this history of the some of these paragons, you know, people we never. It would be like reading um a, reading this and finding out that you know Emerson, you know, actually Benjamin Franklin self published. A lot of these people right. published and they would do adverts in the local paper. They would do book signings. They would go to the societal dinners and bring their book and be like, well, you know, I wrote this. So they do a little reading in the polite society rooms and try to get people to spread the word. I mean, this is this was the early social media <laughs> of going mm. to these dinners and spreading the word mm. about their books. And these are people that we just think, oh, it's Jane Austen. Of course, of course she did well. But no, she she had to shake the bush. Oh, they all stop from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, you all start from somewhere until you get to be known. So I did really find this fascinating that there is a huge history of being not only self-published, yeah. but writers having to do a lot more and a lot of heavy lifting than just writing. Yeah, absolutely. But also even even a, a modern day example, you know, uh, J.K. Rowling yeah. self-publishes her ebooks versions of Harry Potter. Uh, right? I so, actually didn't know that. See, I didn't bring up to modern. That's exciting. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so she didn't want to sign away the rights for the eBooks because it earns so much money, <laughs> right? So, so she held 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 on to those rights herself. Oh, good for and her. And she self publishes the the Harry Potter books as eBooks, and then she signed the contract uh, for you know paperback and hardback and whatnot, right? So that's excellent. So she owns half the rights herself and self published those. That is fantastic. I wonder if she owns the. I assume there's audio books. There has to be audio books of Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, for sure there is. I, I think that's with a publishing house, but I'm not a, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think it is. Well, considering how I'm sure she would have had the money to hire somebody, but considering how difficult oh, yeah. and time-consuming of a process. <laughs> she can do whatever she wants. <laughs> yes, I think she is what the one of the richest women in the world, so I think she's doing fine these days. Yeah, yeah, indeed. But well, it... actually, I also found, found a quote that oh. I was thinking about for... Um, for this podcast episode here. So I was thinking to maybe just share it and then follow on with a bit of my thoughts because it goes into this entire topic here. Excellent. So this is a quote from Ray Bradbury. So it goes like this, quote, if you simply define a writer as someone who is writing, clarity sets in. You are truly a writer when you're writing. And if you don't write regularly, don't pretend to give yourself that title. Hmm. Start writing more. For me, the key is, uh, yeah, and then that's, that's yeah, end of the quote, right? And then what I wanted to say is that for me, the key is in that word regularly, mm-hmm. because I, I can agree to that part. I mean, if you want to... If you want to be an author, that also means that you have to put your butt in the seat and write. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> I mean, very true. At the end of the day, we only authors if we write stuff um so i would say you know only writing is writing Mm -hmm. marketing is not writing social media is not writing only writing is writing however (laughs) that does not mean that none of those other activities isn't a part of being an author and i think for me that's where the distinction lies because You also have to do marketing. You also have to do social media and all those other things. So as you said in the beginning of the episode or beginning of the section, Autumn, Mm -hmm. when somebody was asking like, so how much do you write? And then if the answer was, well, I write in the morning and I do marketing in the afternoon. And then people would say, well, then you're not a writer. I think it comes from stuff like this, you know, that there is this kind of thinking that, well, writers only write. And if you do anything else, then you're not a proper writer. Maybe there's a bit of thinking as well that, well, if you're a proper writer, your publisher will do all those other things for you. But nowadays in 2020, <laughs> publishers actually ex- expect the authors to do the marketing as yeah, well. They do. Not if you're Stephen King or something, then he will get whatever he wants. But for everybody else, even those who, those who have traditional publishing contracts, the publisher do not really allocate any funding or attention towards marketing. They actually expect the author to do it. Yeah. So that's why I also set up at the top that I think it's a bit of an old-fashioned, outdated view on things, this whole this whole conversation. You know, it's I, I don't know. I, I find it a bit weird that unless you write eight hours a day and do nothing else, then you're not a writer. I, I don't I can't quite follow the logic there. I I probably can if we go 10 20 years back then maybe i understand but Mm. now in 2020 no i don't get it i agree and i think that's a really good distinction is like yeah writers writing is 
writing and you're a writer if you're actively writing or at least trying to write every day or you have a schedule in your writing but an author it incorporates a lot more and that's even book signings i mean uh we know someone who you know their publisher sends them off to some of these book fairs and stuff that's not writing that's being front and center even if the publisher is paying your entrance fee which is always nice instead of having to do it out of your author business but again Sometimes you go, you do these book signings, you're handing out cards and stuff as you go and share. You're at the grocery store and someone asks what you do and you say you're a writer and you tell them about your books and there you go. It doesn't matter if you have a publisher or not, but I agree. A lot of publishers these days do expect you to have done it. And a lot of publishers like to pick up authors and writers who have been doing it. So that's why there's a lot of hybrid authors these days where they maybe they start out as self-publishing and they're doing such a good job at getting themselves known and in demand that the publisher thinks, oh, you're a safe bet. <laughs> I'm going to scoop you up and you're going to keep doing what you're doing. But now we're going to handle the book sales and maybe some of the advertising or paying for the expenses for you to go to these big book fairs and booking you out to signings and things. Yeah, I mean, it's just good business, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if, if you are running a business and you are the head of publishing at a big publishing house, who do you want to sign? Yeah. Do you want to take a chance on an author you never heard about and who has no media, social media following or anything? Or do you want to pick the one where you can see that they have a lot of following, a lot of people you know, talking about them and probably buying their books, which, of course, as a, as a publisher, you won't know at that point in time. But you have a pretty strong indication if you see what they're doing uh, on the Internet, right, uh, whether or not it looks like they, they have a lot of following and so who do you go with? Of course you pick the one with the following, right? Because you know, well, this guy he or her, yes. they can uh, they can publish their own or they can promote their own book, I meant to say, and, and they can make it sell. And that's what you want. Yeah. As a publishing house, I mean, right? And there are some benefits. I mean, some of the publishing houses, they have some great inns with libraries and like the bookstores you see at airports and things like that. Places that it's actually kind of hard to get into as an indie published yeah. author. I think that's that's probably the only thing, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Autumn, I, uh, I, I say I, I, I'm going through at this point in time, I'm recording the uh, free course uh, that we're going to put out later in the year. And actually, I was just going through it the other day, one of the modules where I talk about uh, self-publishing and stuff like that. And, and one of the things I actually said there is that the only thing that traditional publisher can do that we cannot do as self-publishers are getting into bookstores and libraries in an effective manner. That's the only thing that they can do, but there is nothing else hmm. that they can do that we cannot do as well. Yeah, And probably if we want to better. I agree. I, 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 I think, yeah. Yeah. Ed editing might be slight different. <laughs> uh, th that's probably something where I would say that they can do it well. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we couldn't do exactly the same thing. I think that the, the thing is just that when the traditional publishing houses do their editing, mm -hmm. they go through like 10 rounds of editing or something. Yeah. It's very rare that you find a traditional published book with a single typo in it. It can happen, but it's very rare. Yeah. And it's because it's they've gone over it over and over and over and over again. And of course, as self-published authors, we could also we could do the same thing. I mean, we could hire 10 different proofreading editors and then go through one by one by one and by one. And hopefully by the end, you will you will have gotten rid of any typos. So if you want to, you could go through that elaborative process uh, as well. But at least that part, I think that they usually do better in the traditional published houses that we do. But when it comes to marketing, 
getting professional covers, at least if we know who to contact and get them to design it for us, <laughs> uh, and even even editing as well. You know, all those things we can do just as well as they can. Yeah, I do think they have the advantage of many different eyes on one thing. Yes, yes, they do. But I definitely, I definitely think there's a split there, though, because sometimes you're dealing with lots of people who might give contrary advice, and then you have someone who might be really pushing hard for writing to market. And I've heard stories of authors being really conflicted with getting an offer of a wonderful, it sounds like a really good deal, you'd be with a real publisher, but, you know, they want to switch this character, and they want to do this, and... Yeah, it's no probably <laughs> still a very good book, but that's really hard if you're coming from a creative. I love being in charge of all my creative inputs. So that's, yeah. that's yeah. As um, our one guest, Holly, had mentioned about her and her writing partner, Angeli, Angelina, they, they were creating a world together, but they're both writing their own stories because they're both a little too controlling to want to share the same book and the same characters. Uh, okay. I thought yeah. that was kind of adorable. <laughs> It's very yeah. honest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not always. Uh, you know, you, you need to find somebody. If you're writing something together with somebody else, you need to find somebody who who your your way of writing and your way of thinking and your way of working matches well with, yes. right? So otherwise, you're gonna get sort of conflicts about things so it's uh well we actually talked about that in a past episode about finding a somebody to write with so go and search for that if you're interested Absolutely. but you, you said something earlier autumn that uh, triggered something in me oh, yeah because um there is also this whole debate about the what is the difference between a writer and an author um mm-hmm. And I did find I did find some definitions. Uh, this is not me making it up. This is some stuff I found on the internet, <laughs> but which is always just, safe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The internet is always telling the truth, no matter what you know. It autumn. That's the way it is. All right. It never lies, and everything you read is true. You know, I believe everything <laughs> you say. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but uh, I found this um, uh, this way of wording it. Uh, and I thought I would just share it because then I want to. Sh- I want us to talk a bit about what we think about it afterwards. Okay. So it goes like this: that some say that a writer is someone who writes a book, an article, or whatever, mm-hmm. while an author is one who originates the idea, the plot, or the content of that is being what is being written. Um, and both of those can, of course, be the same person. Right. And then there are others who say that writers are people who write while authors, authors are those who have published their work and are earning money from it. Mm. So that's sort of two different ways of distinguishing between being a writer and being an author. Okay. I hadn't heard the first one before, and it doesn't so resonate well with me. But the second one, to me, is is more true. A writer is someone who is writes, is writing. I mean, you could be a writer if you're doing blogs and other things. You're a journalist, you're a writer. But an author is definitely someone who has given birth and produced a novel and suddenly sees, you know, they've done the editing, they've done the covers, now they see they have to do ads, they're doing the social media. It's more of a business idea, even if they have a publisher, whether or not they have a publisher. They're an author, it's like becoming a parent. You're not a mom until you give birth to the child. <laughs> mm, mm. But do you know what my view on this is? What is that? <laughs> 
is why do we care? <laughs> That's a good, good Why point. does it matter what is a writer versus what? I mean, if you start typing it in, in Google or in, in, a, in your web browser, uh-huh. it'll automatically populate. What is the difference between a writer and an author? And it's like, why so do we care? Ask <laughs> well, well, th- why are we debating what the difference is? It makes absolutely zero difference. It's very true. I think it's human nature to want to categorize things and be able to define things. That's part of our little curiosity about, you know, understanding the world by putting labels and words on things. But does that make a difference at the end of the day? No, not really. No, and it's it's like, I really feel like we need to break free of this line of thinking Mm. because I really don't think it matters at all. And the other part is that I've... I fear a bit that some people might be checking out these definitions because maybe they feel a bit too insecure. So they they want they don't want to end up saying, "Well, I you know, if somebody asks what do you what do you do? Mm-hmm. Do I say I'm a writer or do I say I'm an author? What is the difference between the two? And I definitely shouldn't say I'm an author if I haven't published a book. So maybe I need to say I'm a writer and say mm-hmm. blah 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 and on and on and on. The self blame goes. Just like, mm. I don't like it. You know, get, get rid of that stuff. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no. If you want to say you're a writer, if you want to say an author, whatever, say whatever you feel comfortable with. But I, I just don't think, and it, it, it matters at all. And I, I don't think as well that it matters what people, other people, the, the people or the person who received that answer, mm-hmm. how did then they receive that answer? It doesn't matter either. No. Maybe they feel like well, writer, author. Maybe they don't even think about it. No. Some people will be thinking about it, and they'll be the ones that we talked about at the top. Where, well, are you writing eight hours a day? And if the answer is no, not good enough for their standard. No, I think yeah. you know an honest answer of, "Hey, what do you do? I'm writing a book." That kind of you know, call me whatever yeah, I mean, you want. Whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah, right? it that's fine. I agree. I think the idea is, like you said, put your butt in the chair. If you're if you want to do this, put your butt in the chair and actually write. And don't worry what people call you or define you, because some people are going to call you a writer, some are going to call you an author, some will call you a hack. But <laughs> just do it. Um, and you know, do it because you love it or because it's a drive within you, and that's really the important part. And yeah, you might, if you go on to publish a book, you're going to find out that there's a lot more to writing, whether you're publishing through a publisher or self-publishing, you're going to find out there's quite a lot more to it than just, you know, hitting done and it's suddenly magically out there and selling. There's a lot more shaking. Uh, I always think of little worker bees doing their working bee dance, um, right. saying, oh, I'm getting my work done. So yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna find that is part of your life too. Yeah, that's true. I mean, for me, it's like, if you need permission from anybody, dear listener, you have my permission from now on. You can call yourself a writer, an author, the master of the universe, or whatever you <laughs> oh, want. Oh, I want master I don't of the care. universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't care. It, it, I mean, it doesn't matter if you've published anything or if you have not published anything. If you want to call yourself a writer or an author, do so. I think that the only thing that matters, as I said earlier on, is that you write on a regular basis. Whether you're published or not doesn't really matter. If you write on a regular basis and you, if you're committed to that, in my view, then you are a writer. I like it. I I agree with it. I think that's where we should definitely end on that note that, yes, if it's 
good to call yourself a writer. Call yourself an author. Don't don't deny yourself that if that is what you're doing and that is what's in your heart. Yeah, and I have uh, I actually find just one more quote, oh, which I think good. we can finish off with. Then. We both did our homework for this one. I'm so proud. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> when you put in the effort, something happens. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> but this one is uh, from Ursula K. Le Quinn, oh, and I, I quite like it. So are you ready, Autumn? Yes, absolutely, from Ursula. Okay, quote. You may have gathered from all of this that I'm not encouraging people to try to be writers. Well, I can't. You hate to see a nice young person run up to the edge of the cliff and jump off, you know. On the other hand, it is awfully nice to know that some other people are just as nutty and just as determined to jump off the cliffs as you are. You just hope they realize what they are in for, end quote. Oh, I love it. I That's why I love her. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing and that is perfect. So yes, I, I'm so glad. I'm glad for the internet some days because I've met so many people just as crazy, if not a little bit crazier, which is hard to do, than me. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I love and I, I like the I like the core message in, in at least the way I read it mm-hmm. uh, or hear that quote is also that if you want to be a writer, you know, there is a million things that you could do that will earn you an income a thousand times faster and a thousand times easier. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to be a writer, and you have to be a bit nutty if you really <laughs> want to go through with this. Uh, so, you know, as she says, she just hopes that they realize what they're in for. Oh, yeah. And I think that that is such a good message, you know, that try to go in and if you're listening to podcasts like this one, you are going in open-minded mm-hmm. already. So that is great. You are already enlightened as you enter on this journey by listening to podcasts or reading blog posts or whatever you may be doing, uh, learning about writing. But I, I like the core message of, of, of that, that uh, you can't tell people that they should be writers. You know, if they want to be writers, they want to be writers. And then hopefully they just know what's going to hit them. That's, that's a very good message. And I agree. Uh, you know, any bunch of people who um, doesn't mind having characters talking in their head and the spouses and significant others of all those people who talk to their <laughs> partners about the people who are talking in their heads and don't end up in the lunatic asylum. It's good. Indeed. All right. So next Monday, and if all goes well, Autumn will take a break, and I will have a great interview lined up for you about self-editing. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcast and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday. <laughs>